This is Brandon Silvers, and you're listening to the Chore Boys Podcast. podcast uh, it is your host joe uh, we're back uh, we're done celebrating our victory in hate week it is time to move on unfortunately the bird and the bass both absent tonight uh, but i have a special treat for all of troy boys nation and i have brought in my very good friend and perhaps the most diehard trojan of all gertrude gertrude welcome to the troy boys podcast Woo! let's do it I'm excited. Boy, I love the energy. Gertrude, if you wouldn't mind, uh, tell us a little bit about your connection to Troy University. Great. So, grew up, born and raised in Troy, Alabama. Um, spent my whole life in the shadows of what I still lovingly refer to as the gallery. <laughs> it's a throwback for all of you that are old like me. But, um, Proud alumnus of our great alma mater, Troy University. Uh, spent several years with the baseball team, not as a player, as a student manager. Hold your water boy comments. I don't want to hear them. But I was there under the, the reign of the great Bobby Pierce, uh, part of the 2005 Atlantic Sun Conference Champion Troy Trojan baseball team. It's the greatest year of my life. Giant bling filled ring to go with it. And because I am from Troy, uh, it is in my blood. I cannot get away from it, even though I boycotted for a whole season. Well, and let's talk about that because um, we don't like to say his name on this podcast. Um, but the coach before our current coach um, had a really terrible time. Uh, at the, the most beautiful school in the Plains. And he didn't do well. Um, and, and I know, because you and I are, are very good friends, um, that really affected you. Um, and obviously, we don't want to go backwards. But if you would, talk to me for a minute. What has this season meant to you as, as you've looked on and seen Troy uh, get back to where we rightfully belong? Well, I think, I think it's just a testament to what the right coach in a, in a talent-rich program can do. I mean, the reality of the situation that we're looking at this year is that uh, Coach Sumrall is is really working with mostly uh, a roster that was recruited and filled by our previous coach, who I lovingly refer to as Voldemort. Um, and, you know, I think with the right coach, the right leadership, the right coaching staff at the helm that looks at game film and says, how do we progress? How do we get better from week to week? I think it shows how quickly you can turn a program around when you have so much talent. And look, I, I'm not—I don't have delusions of grandeur here. I don't ever really expect or anticipate that Troy would compete, legitimately compete for a national championship. I would hope we would one day. I think that we're a program that can get there in another ten to twenty years. We can be in the mix. So a lot of things would need to happen. 
um, around the Sunbelt Conference, which is certainly stronger now than it has ever been. Um, but, you know, clearly we've got good leadership and we've got coaches that say we're going to get better today from what we were tomorrow. And then tomorrow we're going to be better than we are today. And we're preparing for games better. Uh, I see progress. I see dimension forming in both the offense and the defense. And I'm very encouraged by, by what we're seeing on the field right now. Well, man, Gertrude, love it, man. You got me ready to run through a brick wall here. Um, you know, fortunately, I, I don't have to do that. I just have to run uh, slightly down the road uh, to our good friends at the University of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, they await our Trojans on Saturday. Uh, they are currently four and four, two and three in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, you know, you might not have a story here, but I do want to ask: uh, when you were with the baseball program, any memories going down to Lafayette? Yeah, I call them the ice throwers. So, okay, why is that? Well, so we're in a deadlocked best of three down in Lafayette, and you know, there's there's a lot of teams out there, and you know, you love them, you hate them. Uh, there's a lot of fan bases you love and you hate. I mean, certainly every game can be contentious and chippy at times, right? But, right. you know, we're, we're down in Lafayette. It's a tight contest. We split the series. We're in the rubber game. You know, it's it's win and go home, lose and, and sulk your way back all the way back to Alabama. And inexplicably, um, their fans just start throwing ice at us while we're on the field. <laughs> uh, you know, and – and I, I, to this day, I've never understood it. To this day, I don't understand what goes through an individual's mind where they look at it and go, blah, 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 ice. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's what occurred. And, and then after the game was over, after we gave them a good old-fashioned Trojan thumping, uh, they started throwing ice at the bus as we were, as we were rolling out. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say it's better than rocks. It's better than corn dogs. But, you know, if, if you give me the opportunity to, to have a corn dog or a piece of ice thrown at me, I'm going corn dog all day. Yeah, so, amen. I mean, yeah, I get on. that. You know, I mean, a little Cajun remoulade, a little corn dog. No, we didn't get that. They're, they're not they're, they're not that they're not that that savvy, I think. So I, I personally don't have any love loss for Louisiana Lafayette. Um, and, and, and frankly, you know, I mean, they're having not a great season. Um we're having certainly we're, we're on the uptick, the needles moving. Uh, and, and I, I, you know, I don't predict games as you know, I've never predicted games. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a death kiss to do that, but I, I certainly feel like we've got momentum. We've got talent. Uh, we've got progress on both sides of the ball in every phase. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, if we execute for four quarters, we're, we're going to come away with, with a win. Well, that's great. Yeah, let me uh, let me do a quick rundown uh, of our friends down there in Lafayette. Uh, on offense, uh, Ben Wooldridge, who looks just like Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights, uh, has really Timmy. become kind of yeah, kind of become the wonderkin quarterback down there. He's got twelve touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, but they've had just kind of a muddled quarterback race. Chris Smith 
uh, is their best halfback. He was really held at bay by Southern Miss, only had like 40 yards. He's got a little bit over 300 yards on the season. Uh, Michael Jefferson, a Mobile native, so we both know uh, he got out of there as quickly as he could. Uh, he's got about 560 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, on defense, the one real star for them is Jordan Quibido. He's a linebacker. He's got 62 tackles, uh, kind of just like Carlton Marshall finds himself all over the field. Um, Kenneth Almanderas uh, has a long of 52. Um, so, you know, an absolute unit, uh, definitely knows how to kick. Uh, so, you know, Gertrude, we've, we've obviously run through really quickly. I know you said uh, you're not going to predict the games. I think it's funny. Every former athlete we bring on this pod uh, refuses to predict. So that must be something in y'all's DNA, uh, you know, that just refuses to do that. Um, but I guess, I guess go ahead and tell me, um, you know, for Troy to be successful, you talked a little bit about it. What have you liked most about this Troy team as you've watched it? There's a lot. <clears throat> and, and, you know, it's easy to say that when you had the run that we had under Voldemort, but, um, you know, I, I think I think if you go and statistically look at where we are at this point in the season, we're over 3,000 yards in total offense. We're averaging, what, 382 yards a game in offense? Right. I think we can do a little better in third down conversion. We're only at, I think, about 32% or something in that range. But uh, while we don't do it often, uh, we, are, we are over 50% in fourth down conversions. Um I, I think that if you look at what we are doing defensively and you look at what we are doing offensively, there's a lot to like, a lot to like. And, you know, I, I think the game that told me the most about what the Troy squad is this year was actually a loss, and it was App State because that was a gritty loss. That was a tough battle. That is the best that we have played Appalachian State in a long time. A long time. And we should have won that game. I know you can argue a call or two here or there. You can argue, you know, a, a play call or a play design here or there. At the end of the game, the former athlete in me says, the score at the end of the game is that we lost. But in that loss, what we saw was character. And we saw commitment and we saw purpose and we saw dedication to put it all on the line. And we haven't seen that in a long time. We haven't seen that since – Neil Brown left, and uh, it's been refreshing to see it now. So I, I can't pinpoint one thing that I like. I like that we are developing from game to game in every phase. Our special teams are solid. Our, our secondary has work to do, but we're pretty solid there as well. And offensively, we're productive. So when you really break down the fundamentals of football, we have, a, we have productive offense, efficient defense, and special teams that gets the job done when they need to. And that's why we're six and two overall and why we're four and one in group B. Absolutely. Yep. And hey, uh, you know, to add on to that, you talked about the secondary uh, coach finally today uh, from beautiful Tyne Daily Fieldhouse uh, told us that Caleb Ransaw, a cornerback, is going to be back in the rotation after a head and neck injury very early in the season. Um, and I think he'll certainly make an impact. Um, but but I agree with you. Um, it, it's fun to watch this team figure out how to win, um, and they certainly do it. And we can't have a Troy podcast without saying the name Carlton Marshall. So uh, Carlton <laughs> Marshall, I also expect, is going to have 
a great game because that's just what he does uh, on his way to a, a really uh, transformational season. Uh, Gertrude, let's go ahead and sit back for a second and take one really in-depth look at this game uh, by calling up our friends from the Raging Review podcast and talking to Josh uh, and getting to know your foe. So we'll just get started, Josh. Um, obviously, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Josh is with us as our Know Your Foe, uh, one of the hosts of the Raging Review podcast. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, we appreciate the opportunity. Anytime we can get on uh, one of the Sunbelt fan-based podcasts and, and spread the name and talk football, Sunbelt football, I mean, what's more fun than that, right, Joe? So we appreciate the opportunity to be on with the Troy boys and, and talk some ball with you all. Absolutely. A, a bad day on the podcast is better than a good day at the office. Um, so, there it is. So let me, ask, let me ask you this, Josh. What is your connection um, to the university? Did you go to Louisiana? I did. I uh, actually okay. have multiple levels of, of uh, connection to the university, but, yes, I did go to school there. Awesome. Well, that's that's really great. Um, y'all are having, you know, a, a kind of resurgent season. Obviously, the past few years, um, Louisiana has really been the bell cow of this league. As much as people talk about App State and Coastal, really, Louisiana has secretly been, for folks who don't watch the Sun Belt very much, um, the, the power that people looked at that were in the conference. This year started a little rocky, um, and then y'all went and found a guy that looks just like Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights. Uh, to play quarterback, and y'all are absolutely tearing it up, coming back onto the winning side of things. Uh, talk to me about uh, the recent success and, and then about this season for your Raging Cajuns. Well, to kind of piggyback off of your first comment, it's easy to think about App State because they came into the league and, you know, they had this crazy amount of success over a six-year period. And I just want to remind your listeners that the Cajuns are 3-0 and over the last three games against App State. So, yeah, we've had some success. You know, obviously everybody knows Billy Napier's name now, kind of household, especially since he took the job in Gainesville. Uh, that's not necessarily going too well for old Billy, but I think we all kind of knew that that was going to take some building. So uh, good luck to Billy on, his, on his, uh, his rebuild project. But the success has been great. You know, you win 13 games in a season. Uh, you talk to a, a fan of the Cajuns from 10 years ago, they would have told you that's impossible. Uh, winning an outright Sunbelt Conference championship on your home field in Lafayette, Louisiana, in the Swamp, uh, breaking a Sunbelt Conference uh, championship game attendance. You know, you say all those things 10, 12 years ago to Louisiana fans, and they probably tell you that, you know, you hit your head on something. So the success has been great. The way that Billy built the program was even more interesting to me. He didn't come in here and just have immediate success. You know, in 2018, uh, a, a year that we lost to, to Troy, 16 to 20, uh, 26-16 in Troy, Alabama. That was uh, that building character, building foundation year for the Cajuns. I remember it very well. And I got to give credit to everybody that was on that staff. They built this program the right way. And that's why we've been able to sustain success, even through a coaching change. And I know we're only four and four this year. We were picked to win the West by a lot of pundits. And lots of folks thought we had a lot of returning um, skill position talent. It, the lines, the defensive line, offensive line, you know, obviously – there was going to be some question marks there, but uh, I think that even at four and four, we've shown some, some glimpses. I think we've played some good ball at times, but I think this team is yet to put it together. But the point I'm trying to make is the building blocks from the Napier era is still there. The culture is still in place. I think we're just trying to find the identity of the 2022 
Raging Cajun football team. Oh yeah. Well, when we and we in the Troy fan base have another name for that. We think y'all are playing possum. Uh, you know, I mean, we we absolutely know how good this team is. Uh, you talked about the last time we had success over y'all. That was the Neil Brown era. And maybe this is another way we mirror each other. Neil Brown left Troy for supposed greener, greener pastures and has had a real hard time at a West Virginia program. Uh, so similar to kind of what Coach Napier is going through down in Gainesville. Uh, let's get into the real meat of this thing. This Saturday, uh, we're going to travel down uh, to Lafayette to meet the Raging Cajuns. Um, obviously, a lot of people picking football that don't pay a lot of attention to the Sun Belt would tell you Troy's got this thing. Uh, Troy fans, much more educated than that. We know this is going to be an absolute dogfight in a phone booth. Um, so talk to me about how you see this game uh, and who do you think ends up walking out of that stadium breaking the tie? Right now, the Raging Cajuns and the Trojans are 9-9 nine and nine all time. So somebody's going to walk out with a series lead. Who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, if you want to make some money, just fade the public or fade Vegas anytime they bet G5 football or they make books on G5 <laughs> football because they're almost always wrong. And I, I haven't looked at the line because the line last week moved so much on the, the Southern Miss Cajuns game. It was just so indicative of how the Sharps knew what they were looking at and the public just was betting blindly. Uh, the way that Vegas does G5 football is just hilarious to me, always has been. Uh, a couple of interesting tidbits. The last time that the Trojans came to Lafayette and won, John Sumrall was on that staff, uh, and that was in, uh, let's see, that was in 2015, right? Yeah, 2015. Uh, basically, for, what, for my money, that was basically the end, the beginning of the end for Coach Hudspeth ushering in the Napier era. And Summerall and that defense was good back then. Uh, even under Brown, you know, who's more of your offensive type guy, which was still, again, that was very interesting to me that they turned to John Summerall to go ahead and take over at Troy, which, by the way, I think you hired the right guy. I think he's such an impressive guy overall. I've listened to, a, um, I listened to the Group of Five guy interview just, I think it was last week that they talked to him, and I've heard him speak over the years. I always thought that that guy would be a very good football coach. I hope you can hold on to him for a very long time. He seems like that family-oriented, value-based, uh, uh, loyal guy that's going to stick around. So I think Troy's got the right guy. Uh, I, I personally am terrified of this game. Now, if you look at like opponents, Marshall, Southern Miss, South Alabama, a lot of those games, well, two of the three of those games ended up being dogfights. You know, we play South Alabama in Lafayette to – which we should have taken him to overtime, but we missed a field goal to tie, and then we mismanaged the clock down there, and they ended up walking out of here 20-17 to 17 with a, a victory on our homecoming, which was tough to swallow, but a very evenly matched game. Same thing that I saw with Troy and South. Uh, you guys invade Mobile, Alabama, play, a, a, I mean, really just a slobber knocker type football game, and you get the victory. I, I think it's a signature win for Summer. I think it's a signature win for Troy this year. Really kind of set them on the, on the pace to, uh, you know, if you come down to Lafayette and win, I mean, you guys have the West wrapped up pretty much. So that was a big-time game. But I'm very interested in that Marshall game, uh, very similar to the way the Cajuns played that game. The only difference, again, Marshall was on the road at Troy in that game. But, you know, the point differential ended up being similar. You guys, uh, you guys ended up winning that game by nine. We won our game by ten. Troy mostly controlled that game. I thought the Cajuns mostly controlled their game against Troy. Uh, but, but the way you won – controlling the ball, making big plays when you needed to, and just totally shutting down Marshall's running game. That's basically how we won our game. Um, so just looking at like opponents is always one of those things I like to do when I have a Troy coming in or, you know, just one of those uh, Sunbelt 
rivalries. I mean, we don't play each other as much as we used to, but like you said, nine and nine over the course of our history, it's been a nip and tuck battle. Uh, So if you want to get a little bit of information of what the Cajuns like to do and and what I like to do is go look to see what Troy like to do against like opponents, I always think that that's a good way to do it. Troy is a proud program. I know that they're they're going to invest and commit and chase success. So the Western division of the Sun Belt has, has, you know, historically not been as good as the East. And then when we added, uh, you know, your Marshalls and your uh, JMUs and and, uh, all these schools over here, it was easy to see or think that the East was going to be, continue to be that dominant side. I think the West is way better than people expected it to be. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I think in 2022, the West has the upper division in the Sun Belt overall. So I love having Troy on our side. It's, it just, it just makes it more fun. It's another game on the schedule that you can prepare for. Our fans get excited to play that game. I'm fired up. Now, as far as the matchup, real quick, you guys, I mean, in my view, you're, you could be a top 25, top 30 type team on the defensive side of the football, and you should be with Summerall as your head coach. I think that the Cajuns have elite talent on the defensive side. Uh, I don't know. I think at times we haven't put it quite together just yet. I think our defensive line is young and still figuring out how good they can be. I think our, our linebacking core is still figuring out some, uh, some, some uh, small parts of that passing game, you know, the, the, the intricacies of the passing game and not, not being manipulated by good quarterbacks. I still think that we have that going on. You saw some of that at, at Southern Miss. Um, I think that these two defenses can go ahead and have a heavyweight battle. Uh, this Saturday. I think it, I think that that's the kind of game we're looking at. I think that your offense has shown that it can be brilliant at times. I think, I think Joe Craddock is, is a good offensive coordinator. I like the way he handles his offense, but I think we mirror each other offensively because the Cajuns have talent. We've shown flashes. Look at Eastern Michigan, look at, uh, um, excuse me, Arkansas state. You look at games like that, where you say, wow, Ben can really light it up. They've got skill position talent. They've got talent all over the field, but then you have downs, you know, lows like, against Rice, against ULM, against, and I'm talking about for the Cajuns, uh, and against Southern Miss. If, if Troy's going to come out and hit you in the mouth like I figure they will, I will be interested to see how our quarterback position is handled by Mike, Mike Desermo, and I'll be interested to see how our offensive line adjusts to the pressure and the physicality of a Troy who's just going to come out and attack you. So that'll be interesting. And for Troy, I'm going to be interested to see how – now I'm not sure if you've got Daggy and Watson quite figured out just yet. I'm not sure about that. Maybe you can educate me, but I've always thought that Gunnar Watson, he's talented. He, he can read the field, but it seems like he's kind of slow in his progressions and kind of slow and in, in, in very methodical in how he develops his plays, especially in a five, seven step drop situation. So I'll be interested to see how he manages the speed of a very fast Louisiana defense. And I think the game will be won in the red zone. And I know that's kind of a cliche nowadays, especially in the Sun Belt. But I think red zone defense is really going to go ahead and decide. I think it's a close game. I think it's a four to seven point game. And and I I just look for a lot of fun on Saturday. I hope that we reward Troy and we reward the Cajuns with a good crowd and a festive atmosphere. Now, I'm sure I'm sure you will. And, and, you know, for for your folks, uh, you know, something that I would key into. You talked about Daigie and Watson, who comes out. Um, You know, if Daigie comes out, then I think, um, you know, the coaches are signaling. Um, that we're going to continue to try kind of this new-look pro style that the coaches really want to install. If you see Watson, maybe that means we're leaning back kind of on our old air raid days. Um, we've been off. Our, we had our first break. We played eight games in a row. Um, so the guys have had almost two weeks off. 
Um, teams can handle that really well, and teams can handle that poorly. Um, so I would look at the first quarter. What does Troy do in that first quarter, particularly on offense? You know, if you see Troy come out and put up, uh, boy, for, for Troy's offense this year, this is going to sound like being the, uh, you know, the, the Patriots or whatever. But, but if we come out and score like two touchdowns in the first quarter, um, I would think that is a good sign for the Trojans, um, that they, that they took advantage of all this time off, um, and are ready to score. If we come out and have trouble, even after all this time off and getting some players back, um, then I would think, oh boy, this is, uh, the same song, second verse, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Uh, uh some of that over here. Now, listen, if we get down 14 to you guys, um, I- I've seen too many times in this 2022 season, where when you let defensive lines, especially that have speed on the edges, when you let them just pin their ears back and go after Ben or Chandler or whoever's in at quarterback for the Cajuns, that's a recipe for disaster. We right. as an offense have got to, to stay on schedule, get in third and manageable all day long. If we cannot do that, we will not compete with Troy. And that's just the fact of the matter. Your defense is too good for us to be in third and 11s and third and eighth all afternoon. We cannot compete like that. We just don't have that type of, of, of cohesiveness on the offensive side of the football. We just don't. And honestly, our offensive line is just not that – they're not performing at that high of a level right now. To so be, be able to handle a defensive front seven like Troy is going to throw at us. For sure, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a heck of a ball game. Uh, you know, I've seen some lists of, of kind of ESPN or other folks saying some belt games remaining to watch. And, and when I see that this game isn't listed, uh, I know that's a, that's a writer who just doesn't cover our conference. Um, this is going to be yes. – an absolutely exceptional game. Lafayette is one of the toughest places to play in this conference, West, West or East Division. Um, there's, you know, fans down there are rabid um, and ready to support their Cajuns. Uh, and I think I think they're going to be there because I, I think old school Sun Belt fans know when Louisiana and Troy meet up, you're going to get a heck of a game usually um, under uh, the coach we do not speak of. We weren't as competitive, but we're happy to be back up on the rise and ready for a big game against Louisiana. Last question for you, Josh, and this one might be the hardest to answer. Obviously, Troy fans are getting on the road. Uh, you know, we're so happy that the Sun Belt really has embraced the Southeast, kind of the deep South, and nothing is more important, uh, perhaps in the Southeast, than food. You know, we all love to eat. So when Troy fans are down there around y'all's campus, if you could only send them to one place to eat and you could only tell them one thing to order, where would you send them? And what would you have them get to eat? Now, that's a loaded question. I'm going to answer your question with a question, and then we can proceed okay. from there. you okay. got to narrow it down to some sort of genre for me. Give me, give me some kind of avenue to go down. Well, I mean, we're, we're down, on, we're, we're down in, in Bayou country. I, I would think a, a Cajun place would be you know, the number one bit. Okay, good. That's fine. There's a million of those. Um, okay. There's a place that's been open for – probably about three years now, Bonton Grill. And it's spelled B-O-N-T-E-M-P-S, Bonton Grill. It's got a great mixture of atmosphere, great uh, what I would call traditional Cajun dishes, but they also have some experimental stuff that, you know, if you're more on the high-end type of dining, uh, something you can try. They have really good appetizers, uh, but they also have just traditional stuff like steaks and burgers and things like that. They have a really good mix. The menu is not overwhelming, but it's not skimpy. You know, you have plenty of options. I would definitely check out Bonton Grill if you can, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, close to the stadium, you're going to have a couple of different options. Uh, we've got a great uh, Austin-style barbecue place called Chops Mid-City Smokehouse. 
So if you guys are into barbecue with a little Cajun twist, that's a great place. Ryan and Tracy Pico do a great job over there. They have awesome beer selection if you're into that kind of thing before or after the game. But honestly, guys, if you're on campus and you're in the parking lot with all our great tailgating uh, uh, traditions and atmosphere, just walk around. Somebody's going to feed you a boudin ball. They're going to give you some cracklings. They're going to give you some etouffee. Anything that you guys may need or would, would crave for as far as a Cajun dish, that's where you're going to find the best food. And, and I promise you it's not a cop-out. Uh, and I can tell you this. Check us out on Raging Review. Uh, Joe, you have my number. If you guys make the town the, the, the trip to Lafayette, just hit me up. Uh, I'm happy to take you around and do a little chauffeuring if I need to. <laughs> hey, we sure do appreciate that. And, yeah, Trojan Nation, go check out the Raging Review. Uh, great guys over there, and we we're so happy to have them. Josh, thank you again for joining us. Um, and as we say to all our Know Your Foe guests, we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season, and we mean the rest of your season that starts on Sunday, okay? Hey, I appreciate that. Same to you guys. <laughs> and listen up. I always tell all the podcasters in the belt, I, I tell them all the same thing. You ought to be commended for taking the time to do what you do because uh, it takes a special person to put them this amount of time. It takes a lot of work. People don't realize how much dedication and, and sacrifice it takes to go out and do a good podcast, put a good product out for your team and the, and the university who educated you and set you up for life. So good on you. Good on the Troy boys. It's great to have another good podcast in the Sun Belt. I'm so happy for Troy. I'm so happy for your community and your fans. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. You guys have a good product. Hey, right back at you, Josh. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. A special thanks to Josh from the Raging Review podcast. Uh, we really appreciate everybody. Go give them a like uh, and listen to their pod. They've got an episode about the Troy game right now. Um, and so go listen to it. It'll make you mad or, or maybe it won't. Um, but but go listen to them. They do a great job. Uh, Gertrude, we have one more job to do tonight before we can call it a day. Um, and that is for my least favorite segment of the week. Um, and I think you're going to get a real kick out of this um, because you, you know me and you know this site very well uh, as a Need More Road native. Um, and that's that's when I, I wrap myself, uh, you know, in Professor Bloom's old history books. Uh, and I, I venture into TroyFans.com uh, to bring the good people of Trojan Nation, the TroyFans.com. Hot take of the week. Ooh, hot take. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Uh, if you haven't been there in a while, Gertrude, um, it is the same place you left. Uh, I can promise you that. It hasn't changed. Um, it's it's the same kind of hot takes. Uh, and this week's winner, um, you know, I know they're going to be upset with me. They're going to say I'm making fun of people, uh, but I really don't have a choice. Um, there was basically a thread started, Gertrude, where they talked about. Uh, the bowl projections, you know, Troy's getting projected mm. to go here and there. Uh, and somebody came in, you know, with the Nick Saban uh, approved status, you know, saying, hey, you know, we're not supposed to uh, even talk about that. You know, we're just let's, uh, you know, let's just win on Saturday. And somebody else, Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then somebody else said, you know, well, you know, I, I'm happy for us to peak in December. Uh, and then another poster gave uh, this week's winner, uh, which is this, uh, quote, let's peak Saturday and then peak higher and higher. Uh, I don't think you understand what peaking is what? because you can't peak over and over again. Uh, that's not how it works. You can't peak every Saturday. Uh, <laughs> you got to You got to figure it out. 
you know, um, it, it doesn't work that way. But I appreciate it. And you are this week's uh, TroyFans.com hot take of the week. Uh, so so congratulations like a, to that. That's like a triple peak. It's too many peaks is what it is. You know, it's like it's like somebody said, well, how many times should we peak? And they responded all the peaks. Exactly. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Um, it's, like, it's like when my mom makes that really good vegetable soup. She's like, how many bowls? And I say all the bowls. And then yeah. I'm reminded why I'm fat. <laughs> I mean, to you know, to quote the movie that's basically made about uh, you and I's friendship, uh, you know, Talladega Nights, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> c- couldn't I be number one? Like, no, there can't be two number ones. That'd be an 11. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you can't if it's just constant peaks, it's a plateau and nobody likes that. I thought you were talking about um, the time that you caught on fire. Uh, yep, that did definitely did happen. Uh, and that really was the hot take of that week for sure. Uh, big shout out to the doctors and nurses at Sarha. Uh, for all their loving care um, way back in 2007. Um, hey, Gertrude, I really appreciate you jumping on the pod tonight and, and making sure I didn't have to do this alone. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm give you the floor, my friend. What do you want to say to Trojan Nation? Uh, you know, what are your final thoughts going into this game against Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns? Mm, my word. So much to say. You know, I I think I'll say this. I know that as a fan base, our tendency is to be excessively hard on coaches and quarterbacks. I'm I'm guilty of that as well. I don't think that the last coach that we had, um, we were excessively hard on him. There were many of us that were calling very early for him to pack it up like Lane and get off our grass. But uh, (laughs) – You know, I I think that regardless of how this season ends, uh, we we have an opportunity here as a fan base to do something that we have only ever done one other time. And we did it for almost 30 years with uh, the great uh, head coach, Larry Blakeney. And that is that is to provide support to a coach that is clearly uh picking up the pieces and reassembling with all types of different gorilla glue. Um, we're not sponsored by gorilla glue, by the way, um, <laughs> to, to put together back together a program that had just been completely, you know, destroyed and, and fallen into shambles. And here's, here's what I'm going to say. We have a coach that from what I can see both on the sidelines and within the community is not just doing it the right way, but is actually embodying what the Trojan spirit is. And it's been a while since we have really had a leader at the helm of our football program that has done that. We've, we've had it. We've been blessed that in the past we've had coaches in every sport that have been a true proponent of the Trojan way. And we need to give him time to do exactly what he's doing. So I don't really care what bowl game we go to. I don't really care where we end on the season because where we are headed is far more important than where we finish right now. And I am excited and looking forward to what the next two, three, four seasons look like. And I hope, I really hope that our great alma mater at the end of the day recognizes how special of a coach uh, Coach Sumrall is and does everything that we need to do to keep him at the helm. Um, he, he's a special guy. Neil Brown, in my opinion, you know I was high on Neil Brown. still am. Um, and certainly we've got some tradition. Chan Gailey, Larry Blakeney, 
Neil Brown, and now Coach Sumrall. And I think that if we look at the ranks of mid-major college football programs in Division One, we've got something special again. And we need to give it time, and we need to be patient, and we need to support the coaches, and we need to support the players because they're doing everything that they possibly can to put it all on the line for our alma mater and our community every single week. And that is something that I am just absolutely ecstatic about. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Gertrude, thank you so much uh, for all your wise words, for joining me this evening. Uh, Trojan Nation, make sure, make your way down to Lafayette. Uh, If not, watch the game on uh, ESPN+. Plus. Make sure you go to troytrojans.com slash bowl22 and put your bowl deposits down. Show this team that you're behind them. Uh, and make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. Share the word about the Troy boys. Uh, and as always, as we finish this thing up, go Trojans. And God bless you, Blaze Brown. Go Trojans! Go Trojans!